You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper, Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live. Aqua Alex welcomes you to his fish room. Live, let's chat fish with Aqua Alex here on Aquatic Wetline. Alex, take it away. Welcome to Aquatic Wetline with Aqua Alex. The very first fishkeeping podcast on Blog Talk Radio. This show is hosted by a fishkeeper for you, the fishkeeper. Let's rock the hobby with this episode of the Aquatic Wetline. You are tuned in to the very first episode of Fish Room Live with Aqua Alex Cardinelli. Now, this is going to be a weekly show. That will air every Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's going to start on Saturday, January 14th, 2017. And what I mean by that is the Fish Room Live with Alex Cardinelli will be a weekly show starting uh, in January 14th. Now, we're just going to debut it tonight, and then on January 14th, it's going to turn into a weekly show. Now, of course, this show is going to be live from my fish room, and it will be a show that focuses on tropical fish in both freshwater and saltwater. Now, to me, this is going to be like a fishkeeping aquarium vlog where I take you through my journeys in the fishkeeping hobby, as well as share my knowledge on the fishkeeping hobby with all of you, my listeners. This is my version of a live Facebook video chat that other fish keepers are doing. Now, like I said, toppers are going to range from freshwater fish to saltwater fish to equipment and more, plus updates on my personal fish and fish keeping experience. Now, here is what is planned for tonight's debut episode. I have a fun announcement to start the show, and then I'm going to talk about my fish room update. I'm going to talk about the fish that I have at the moment and my fish room plans for 2017. I'm going to talk about what fish would I want if I return to freshwater. I'm going to compare freshwater to saltwater, and we'll see which one is best suited for beginners. I'm going to talk about monster freshwater and monster saltwater fish. I'm going to share my thoughts on hybrid fish, and uh, I'm going to do a live aquaria diver's den and a Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner Spotlight, and much more. All that and more tonight, right here, right now, on Live from the Fish Room with Aqua Alex Cardinelli. Hey, 
All right. Like always, I invite all of my live listeners to feel free to call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. I invite the fish keepers to call in and be a part of the show. Now, any fish keepers out there listening to the show, if you have a particular tropical fish question you want to ask me, I'd be more than glad to answer your question. And if you want to discuss your favorite fish with me, I'd be happy to hear about your favorite fish. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. In fact, I'm going to ask two questions that I want you to interact and answer. You can do so by calling in if you're listening live or posting your answers on our Facebook group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline, if you are catching the archive of today's episode. If you are not a member, please join and then post your answers. So you can call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, or check out my Facebook group on Facebook called uh, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. So here is the questions that I want you guys to answer. Will you be getting anything fish-related for Christmas? Any new fish or equipment? Where is your go-to place to get fish? And the uh, uh, additional optional question is, uh, what are your fish-keeping plans for 2017? So you can pick two of the three questions, or you can answer all three. Again, the questions are, will you be getting anything fish-related for Christmas, anything new in fish or equipment, where's, where's your go-to place to get fish, and what are your fish-keeping plans for 27, 2017, I mean. one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. So my first topic for today's show is going to be me answering those three questions, but I want to start today's show with a very fun announcement. Now, I'm not sure how many of my listeners are big YouTube fish keepers that like to watch some of the popular YouTube channels, um, but there is a trend from the fish keepers on YouTube now called Aquarium Tuber Tag Challenge. Now, I recently did a uh, Tuber Tag Challenge video on YouTube, and uh I uh, answered all the questions, and I nominated some people. So basically, the Aquarium Tuber Tag Challenge on YouTube is a uh, challenge where you challenge other fish keepers to answer nine or ten questions, and then they answer them, and then they challenge people. It's a really fun concept, and I really enjoy it. So I've decided that the aquatic wetline is going to be the first Aquarium Keeping Podcast to do a tuber tag challenge. I probably I probably will be the only aquarium podcast to do this as well. Who's who knows though? But I'm gonna do the aquarium tuber tag challenge live this Wednesday, December twenty first, two thousand and sixteen, at nine PM Eastern, eight PM Central, seven PM Mountain, and six PM Pacific. Now I'm gonna ask 15 questions, and you're going to have the opportunity to call in live this Wednesday, again, at 1347-989-8142. So that's going to be a very fun show, so please check out Aquarium Tuber Tag Challenge, Wednesday at 9 p.m., 
right here on Aquatic Wetline. Now we're going to start today's show. I apologize for boring you for the last eight minutes. So, will I be getting anything fish-related for Christmas? Any new fish or equipment? Well, I've already got my new fish for Christmas. I got a beautiful dog face puffer and a porcupine puffer from the Divers Gang of Live Aquaria. I got them on December 3rd, and they have settled in and are doing quite well. So I've had them for several weeks now. They're eating and doing well. Now, as far as equipment-wise, I have got some uh, fish equipment for Christmas from some of my friends. I'm going to go ahead and give them a shout-out. First, my friend Jeffrey Josea Jones gave me some fish food from a company called Your Fish Stuff, and I got that this week, actually, and I was very, very happy to see that Jeff went out of his way to get me uh, fish food from Your Fish Stuff. Now, my friend Donovan Barger went out of his way to make me happy. He sent me a very beautiful 48-inch HD LED light for my aquarium, my saltwater aquarium, and I am forever thankful for that because that light adds much more vibrance and coloration to my saltwater aquarium. And not only that, he went above and beyond and sent me food from um, – North Finn USA, and North Finn USA has absolutely the best food that I've said, my saltwater fish, and I'm very thankful that uh, Donovan sent me some of Jay Wilson's North Finn food. It's actually very, very good. So that's the equipment that I got for Christmas, and of course, if I get any money for Christmas, I'll obviously be getting a new fish. I'm looking for a maroon clownfish to pair with my gold stripe maroon. Now, where is my go-to place to get my personal fish? Well, I do a little bit of retail shopping in my local area, and I also do a little bit of online ordering for my fish and my fish stuff. The local area I usually go to is School Fish, Inc. in my city. Sometimes I'll go to Fish Frenzy in South Hadley, Massachusetts. Sometimes I'll go to Aqua Dreams in Feeding Hills. Sometimes I'll go to Dave's Pet Food City in Springfield, Agawam, Ludlow, and Northampton. They have a buy three fish, get one free deal. So if you buy three fish, you leave with four fish. You buy six fish, you you leave with eight fish. So it's a very, very good deal. And they have freshwater and saltwater. And sometimes I'll go to A.W. Brown's, which is like a, a farm store and a feeding grain supplying store, but they have live fish and live animals, and they usually just sell freshwater, and uh, their freshwater selection is uh, actually pretty decent. You can find datnoids and flagtail prosilotus and stuff in there, um, and uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. So those are my go-to places to get my tropical fish. And, of course, the third question I'm going to answer in just a second here. All right, so I'd like to give an update on my fish from. The first tank that I'm looking at right now is my 55-gallon saltwater fish only with live rock tank. Now, in this tank, I currently have a manila puffer. I have a dog face puffer. I have a porcupine puffer. I have a sailfin tang. I have a... Uh, a one-spot fox face, 
I have a rectangular trigger. Those are all the fish that are in the 55-gallon saltwater fish-only with live rock tank. Unfortunately, this week I found my diamond goby and my flame hawkfish deceased. I think that the porcupine puffer to the diamond goby, and it is of my belief that the flame hawk died of old age because flame hawks usually only grow to be about three inches, and mine was pushing three inches. And uh, fox faces, you know, excuse me, and flame hawks generally don't get any bigger than three inches. So I, I have a feeling that this flame hawk was actually quite old. And actually, it is kind of sad to see my flame hawkfish die because he was one of my personal favorite fish in my saltwater aquarium. So he'll have to be replaced at some point, but not for a while. Now, let's talk about my 29-gallon saltwater tank. Well, I ended up converting the 29-gallon back into a freshwater tank because somebody was interested in my breeding pair of our, excuse me, bonded pair of black and white clownfish, the one-spot fox face and the yellow watchman goby that was in there. And I decided to do a trade for those fish, and I got some large jack MCs and a large gold severum in return. And now they are quarantining in the 29-gallon tank. I switched the tank very easily. What I did was clean out the 29, get everything out, then I added fresh water, clean the filter and stuff, added prime, and then I added the fish, and the fish are doing great so far. So I'm very, very fortunate about that. So that's my fish room update for the remainder of 2016. Obviously, I'm going to work on getting a bigger tank for the freshwater fish in the 29-gallon aquarium. And I'll probably add a maroon clown and maybe a firefish goby to the 55, and that'll be it for a little while. Now, I'm feeding my saltwater fish the marine pellets from North Finn, USA, from Donovan Barker. I'm also feeding them the Your Fish Stuff food from Jeffrey Jones that includes um, soft krill, uh, algae wafers for my tang and my fox face and algae pellets and all the other stuff that uh, Jeff sent me. I'm also feeding them market shrimp. I'm feeding them frozen bloodworms, mussels, clams, and uh, occasionally they'll also get live snails. For the puffers. So that's what I'm feeding the saltwater fish at the moment. Now, for the Severum and Jack Dempsey's, they are getting market shrimp, bloodworms, brine shrimp, and Hakari pellets. Now, for water changes on both tanks, I do two water changes a week. Now, I've been doing a lot more than two on the 29 simply because it's a small tank with large fish in it. So, for the 55 gallon, we do two water changes a week. And for the 29, I'm doing about four water changes a week. Now, I have uh, three hang-on-the-back filters on the 55-gallon saltwater tank. They've only got one hang-on-the-back filter on the 29-gallon, but it's an Aquion 7590 filter, which is plenty big enough for that aquarium. So that's an update on my fish room for the remainder of this year. Now, here's what I have planned for 2017. The first and foremost important things that I have planned for the new year is I plan on upgrading my saltwater tank from a 55-gallon 
to a 75-gallon or 125-gallon saltwater aquarium because the fish I have in there are going to get bigger eventually and they need a larger tank. So my puffers are going to need at least a 75 or a 125, so I'll look to be upgrading to that. That way I can also get a nice lionfish. So one of my biggest priorities of the upcoming year is to upgrade my saltwater aquarium. Now, I'm also going to be returning to freshwater, and that started a bit earlier than expected because I wanted to return to freshwater in the beginning of 2017, but I'm starting freshwater at the remainder of 2016, which is totally fine for me. So in 2017, I'm definitely back in the freshwater hobby. Now, here's the layout for my return to freshwater in 2017. I'm going to have a 75-gallon to 125-gallon freshwater aquarium. It's going to be a semi-aggressive community tank. Now, in a few minutes, I will discuss the fish that I am interested in. Obviously, the four Jack Dempsey's and the gold severum will be going in the aquarium. There's going to be black sand, fake plants, and driftwood in the aquarium. So I think that this new freshwater aquarium that I'm going to have, it's going to be a nice little change for me as they'll have the decor and uh, some new fish that I haven't kept before, and it will keep me interested in the freshwater hobby. I think the last time I had freshwater, I was starting to feel burned out and uninterested because I was keeping some of the same species of fish that I've had for many years. Now I'm going to keep some fish that I've had for three years, and I'm going to introduce some species of fish that I have not kept, and I think that'll keep me interested in the freshwater side of the aquarium hobby. So here are the freshwater fish that I am planning on keeping. Blood parrot cichlids. I would like one or two normal blood parrot cichlids and one King Kong parrot cichlids. Now, I know that um, people have mixed feelings and criticisms on blood parrots. And at one time, I, too, had a criticism on uh, blood parrots, and I was totally against them. But you know what? At that time, I didn't know much about hybrids. I just know that I just knew that they were man-made and that they don't belong in the aquarium hobby. But what made me change my mind on that is some of the blood parrots are actually gorgeous, and uh, some of the flower horns are actually quite nice as well. And we're not taking these fish out of the wild, but we'll talk about that when the time for hybrids part of the show comes. But I like blood parrots because they take after two of my favorite cichlids. They take after a Midas and a Severum. Now, you combine a Midas and a Severum, and you can have different results. You can have an aggressive blood parrot or a semi-aggressive docile parrot cichlid. Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to end up with a semi-aggressive docile cichlid. Because of the inbreeding, they don't have a full mouth. So they won't be able to bite or attack any other fish. They'll try to, but they can't do any damage to the fish. So I've never had a blood parrot cichlid before, and I definitely look forward to having quite a few in my freshwater aquarium. One fish that I did have in the, few, in the past was a datnoid. Now, these things remind me of panther groupers and groupers in the saltwater hobby. So I'd love to have one aquarium. 
Now, datenoids come in all varieties from thin bar datenoids, wide bar datenoids, indo datenoids, uh, New Guinea tiger datenoids, silver datenoids, you name it. There's a whole bunch of different species of datenoids. I've personally kept thin uh, bar datenoids, silver datenoids, a.k.a. American datenoids. I've also had uh, Indonesian datenoids, but I've never, ever got my hands on an NGT datenoid. And uh, I'd love to someday have a New Guinea tiger datenoid. But I also similarly want another Indo-datenoid. Indo-datenoids are one of my personal favorite uh, datenoids. They're a very, very gorgeous fish. And the Asians love their datenoids because they tend to bring good luck to your fish-keeping hobby. So I cannot wait to get an Indo-datenoid. Now, the next fish that I want is a fish that uh, my friends Jeffrey and Donovan love, and they actually have a nice school of them, and that is the Frontosia cichlid. I have had one or two of them in the past, and I actually do miss them. What I like most about the Frontosia is that the Frontosia is a fish that has a nice black and white body with blue, stri blue stripes, and a natural cichlid hump. And you can also have more than one frontosia in a school. That's why I particularly like the frontosia. The next fish I'm planning on having in my new freshwater aquarium is a fish that I've had a lot, a fish that I respect, and a fish that I love, and that is the flagtail portulotus. Now, the flagtail is a cherisin that heals from South America. It is an allergy-eating cherisin. It will actually pick off the hair allergy and the green allergy off of your uh, glass in a freshwater aquarium. And I'm pretty sure that the flagtail will also eat nori since I stopped nori for my sailfin tang and my fox face. Now, flagtails are absolutely gorgeous fish, and I, I like how they have the beautiful coloration on their body. I think that's a simple uh, explanation for me for why I like the flagtail prochilotus. Now, I also would like some catfish. I'm debating on what kind of catfish I would want in my new freshwater aquarium, but I'm thinking a lima shove nose, maybe a uh, flagtail porthole catfish. I've never had a porthole catfish, believe it or not. Maybe a niger cat or an urani cat. There's a whole list of possibilities of different catfish for me to keep. I've never had a, a tigerinus catfish. I've never had a Juranese catfish. I've never had a Pimodellus oranidus catfish. So there's a lot of freshwater catfish that I could possibly keep. I also want to keep some fancy plecos. I love the green phantom plecos L200. I love the zebra plecos. I love the leopard frog plecos. I love the gold nugget plecos. There's a whole hodgepodge of uh, fancy plecos that I would love to get. So those are just some of the freshwater fish that I do indeed plan to have in my new freshwater aquarium. All right, now since we talked about hybrid fish a few minutes ago, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my thoughts on hybrid fish. Like I said earlier, these fish are not collected from the wild. They're actually man-made. The, the blood parasitic is estimated to be taken from a red devil and uh, severum, if I'm correct. 
Um, and I believe the front, the uh, flower horn was taken from a, uh, a Trimac cichlid and also a, a red devil or a Trimac and a Severum. Not really sure about the flower horn because I never researched them, but they're an absolutely gorgeous. The only thing I don't like about flower horns is sometimes their cichlid hump gets way too big for me, and I don't, I don't really like that look on them. I just think that it's kind of a... Uh, Weird to see that on a fish, but that's the only thing I would have to say negative about the uh, flower horns. There are other species of hybrid fish. For example, there are red tail cat, times tiger, some of catfish, and uh, there's possibly other hybrid fish out there that I can think of. I don't remember any other ones on the top of my head for the freshwater hobby, but there are hybrid tangs in the saltwater hobby, and um, even hybrid triggers there are, but they're kind of rare. So hybrids have been um, appearing in the aquarium hobby probably for a decade now. And uh, it's something that is controversial in the hobby. You get some people that are for it, but then you get some people that are against it. At the time, when I first started researching hybrid fish, I was against it because I was like, these fish are man-made, they're kind of ugly, and they don't belong in the aquarium hobby. But after all these years, and after seeing everyone keep them on YouTube, um, I decided, we well, you know what, I'm going to change my tune, I'm going to give them a try. I won't keep a flower horn because they're way too aggressive to have with tank mates, but I'm going to try blood parrots, and I'm going to see how they work out. Obviously, I cannot try a tiger shoveling old times red tail catfish because they're going to get huge, just like their cousins. So those are my current thoughts on hybrid fish right now. Now, on to my next topic, freshwater versus saltwater, and which one is best for beginners. I'm going to start by discussing the basics of each one. We'll start with freshwater. Now, freshwater is a low to medium budget range. You can get tank setups with all equipment, Anywhere from $50 to $500, depending on the tank size and what comes with it and whether it's brand new or used. Keep in mind, folks, that for any used aquarium, you should be paying a dollar a gallon and maybe $5 extra for anything else that comes with the aquarium. So let's say, for example, you want to get a 75-gallon aquarium off of Craigslist, and um, you see that the guy's asking $75 for the tank and he's asking $100 for the stand and everything else, you could lowball him down to about 95 to 100 even instead of $100. Because used tanks generally, you don't know the condition of them. You don't know how long it's been since it's held water or how old it is. So you always want to offer a dollar a gallon and maybe two, three, five dollars for everything else that comes with it. So that in case it does leak, you're not uh, you haven't paid new price for a leaky tank, and then you could simply uh, buy silicone and uh, fix it up. But anyway, uh, used or new tanks in freshwater are a lot cheaper. Now, in freshwater, for all those of you who are impatient, tank cycles quicker, and usually by the third week in a freshwater aquarium, you can begin stocking. So basically with a freshwater tank, all you really need to do is fill the tank with water 
add a heater, add a filter, add an air pump or a wave maker if desired. Start plugging in the equipment, adding some prime every day, and then let it run its course for three weeks, and then you can add fish to it. The freshwater cycle is a lot more simpler and less complex than the saltwater cycle. Now, another thing that is good for freshwater beginners, a big majority of the freshwater fish and inverts are relatively hardy and inexpensive. Fish like tetras, barbs, live bears, corridors, catfish, otocyclus catfish, they're all under the $10 mark per fish. Now, fish like Oscars, convicts, Jack Dempsey's, um, Pleco's, and other bigger semi-aggressive fish, they're generally also under uh, $15. Some may be under 20 depending on the store that you go to. And there's a wide variety of hardy fish for somebody that wanted to enter into the aquarium hobby. And uh, a lot of the fish that are available in freshwater are really, really easy to keep. You'd have to be um, wanting to kill them. For example, bettas, they are very hardy. They can even live in a bowl, but I am totally against putting a betta in a bowl because the ammonia gets high, and it's a dirty living environment for a betta. A betta deserves to live in a larger aquarium where it can swim around and not worry about having too much um, ammonia, but that's supposed to prove you how hardy some of the freshwater fish are. And like I said, they're going to save money on freshwater fish because they're not as expensive as the saltwater fish. Sure, some of the fish are expensive. For example, discus can go anywhere from 40 to $200 each, depending on the, the kind, the quality, and the size. Some African cichlids are expensive. Uh, the fancy plecos can be expensive. And of course, for everybody in Canada and across the world. Unfortunately, us Americans can't experience this. Malaysian arowanas could uh, easily cost over thousands of dollars. Now, the next thing that is very basic and easy about a freshwater aquarium is that freshwater tanks are much easier to handle, and they don't require much work other than fish tank feedings where you feed your fish and water changes. That's all you have to do, basically, on a freshwater aquarium. When you're doing a water change, you also want to check your water parameters for your freshwater fish. The pH should be anywhere from 6.8 to 7.4 for South American and some African and Asian fish. And for your African cichlids, your pH should be anywhere from 7.8 to 8.4. And then, you, of course, you want your ammonia to be zero, your nitrates to be low, etc. So make sure you feed your fish and do water changes, and you will succeed with your uh, freshwater tank. Now, a variety of tank sizes will succeed for beginners in the freshwater hobby. Anything from a 29-gallon to a 75-gallon and up will be a success for the freshwater fish keepers. But I like to tell people the bigger the better, because the more water movement and the more volume your aquarium has, you have the less potential for water issues because you have more room for error. 
due to the tank being big. Now, with a small tank, if you had if you have a smaller tank with less water volume, then you're going to have uh, problems with the water quality. Ammonia is going to spike, and your fish could possibly die. So, as a beginner, I would tell you go with the biggest size aquarium that you can possibly get, so that you avoid avoid any of these particular troubles. And again, a freshwater aquarium has low cost to take care of. Um, really, all you got to buy for a freshwater tank is fish food, medications if you need it, uh, water conditioners if you need it, and gravel and decor. And pretty much all you got to do is just continue feeding your fish and do a water change with uh, a freshwater aquarium. And the last thing that is beneficial for the freshwater hobby is that a majority of the uh, freshwater fish are common. So you're going to find a lot of these fish available in every pet store and uh, local fish store. Fish like uh, tiger barbs, uh, tetras, fish like um, oscars, convict cichlids, and all those species of fish are very common in the freshwater hobby. Now let's talk about saltwater right now. We're going to compare saltwater to freshwater right now. Now saltwater has higher cost and it needs and requires a ton of equipment and lots and lots and lots of patience if needed. So for starting a saltwater tank, let's say a simple nano tank, it's going to cost you anywhere from $150 to well over $1,000 at the end of the day when you're taking your cycles and you have livestock in it. So this is a part of the hobby that needs to be planned out. It needs to be uh, a time where you have patience. It needs to be something that you have the patience for because you cannot rush into the saltwater hobby. And if you do, you're going to have really bad consequences. Take that from me because I tried to rush into it and I had consequences. When I took my time, everything did, well, everything is good and everything is doing perfect because I've taken my time now. Now, a saltwater tank also has a slower, more natural tank cycle. So this one is a lot slower than freshwater. It can take anywhere from a month to a year to be fully cycled. Now, there are ways you can work around, work around that using Doctor's Tim stuff or Prime, but that just speeds up just a little bit. It may give you a five-week cycle um, or even six months, but you're never fully cycled until about a year in a saltwater aquarium. So they say the natural tank cycle is the best approach for the uh, saltwater aquarium. This doesn't mean you can't have fish in your first few months as a saltwater fish keeper, but you want to keep peaceful and hardy fish like clownfish, gobies, antheus, and things like that. Now, with antheus, they are going to require a lot of feedings. So they are going to have to do a lot of water changes with antheus. But they are pretty, uh, other than that, they are pretty uh, simple to keep. So that's just uh, one thing that people need to consider about the uh, saltwater tank is it takes a little while to cycle. Now, saltwater fish and livestock are very expensive, and most pet stores and fish stores won't guarantee marine fish because if they guarantee marine fish, they're getting a loss, and uh, they want you to know that it's your responsibility to take care of the fish. They pay a lot of money for the marine fish just like you do. 
So if, if the marine fish and livestock die, guess who loses money? Not only the fish store, but you as well. So keep that in mind. Until you have enough finances and enough income to support a saltwater aquarium, then it may not be for you. Salinity needs to be checked daily. Water parameters need to be checked often. Water changes need to be done weekly. You need proper feedings for a saltwater tank. Some fish are herbivores, meaning um, allergy and uh, vegetable matters in their diet. Some species are both herbivores and omnivores. And then some are strictly omnivores uh, in the saltwater hobby. It happens a lot more than it does in freshwater. For example, puffers and triggers are simply omnivores. Um, and freshwater omnivores can be trained to eat other foods, but you'll never see a puffer or a trigger eat allergy or anything that is anything to do with herbivore fish. All right? So that's very important to know. Also, saltwater diseases are much more difficult to handle. You can't just go out there and buy, let's say, Ikaway and put it into a tank to get rid of saltwater ick. It's very, very difficult. You have to have a quarantine tank. You've got to use copper, and you've got to net out the fish from the existing tank. So it is very, very difficult to handle saltwater diseases. So my opinion is that freshwater aquariums are the best aquarium for beginners. So if you are a newbie to the aquarium hobby, you're better off joining the freshwater hobby. Now, new fish keepers should have a freshwater tank for at least two years before they venture into the saltwater hobby. So make sure you've kept the freshwater for at least a few years before you decide to go saltwater to make sure that you have a successful experience with saltwater. Now, here's the equipment that is needed for a basic freshwater setup. Here's the stuff you'll need for a freshwater tank. You'll need a fish tank and a stand. You'll need glass canopies. You'll need a light, filters, heater, a substrate, which can be gravel, sand, whatever. Decorations, which could be driftwood or um, pieces of rock or plastic plants, whatever. You'll need a freshwater test kit and uh, fish food and possibly an allergy scrubber if you don't want allergy. Now, what is um, optional for a freshwater aquarium could be the glass canopies and the light because you don't really don't need those things, but those are something that I would include in a very nice uh, freshwater setup for my personal self. Now, here is the equipment needed for all saltwater aquariums. Fish tank and stand, filters, protein skimmer, heater, wave makers or air pumps, salt mix, obviously is needed, salt water parameter check, you can use API or Red Sea, they all make them, a hydrometer or refractometer, I use both, but I definitely suggest a refractometer because it is more accurate, uh, you're going to need chemicals, you're going to need fish food, live rock, and live sand, and uh, basically, you have to get all of those stuff just to have a saltwater aquarium. So as beginners can see, um, the, the equipment list is shorter for a freshwater aquarium. However, a saltwater aquarium is very rewarding, and I definitely enjoyed the saltwater aquarium. I've been in it for I've been in the saltwater hobby for a year now, and I'm really, really loving it. It's paying off because I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's one of the best things that I have done.
perhaps one of the most famous and well-known tropical fish on the live store. We provide fashion and search for everyone in the aquarium, hot weather uses salt water, fresh water, or have a pond. Live aquarium, salt water fish, well, or already captured redfish such as brown, such as cardinals, and captured red coral. Freshwater fishing birds and pond fish. One specialized section of our website is called Diver's Deck. On our Diver's Deck, we'll find salt water fish, birds, and coral with the birds. The pictures of the fish or animals you will get. Our world-class Diver's Deck has just been expanded. You can now discover it's some instruments in our existence. Killerfish, leopard, fish, angels. Labyrinth fish and more for purchase. Every specimen shown is the exact species you are ordering, not a representative photo. Visit the Diver's Den, where what you see is what you get. Now, let Alex tell you about our current offerings at the Diver's Den. Alright, so I'm at Live Aquarius Diver's Den. And I'm going to start with the marine fish section at the Diver's Den. So, first looking at a cinderated moray eel, which is a very beautiful moray eel, and he's $100. Next, I'm looking at a Christmas Island peppermint candy cane hogfish, a blood red hawkfish for $45, a pink striped wrasse for $50, a yellow candy hogfish for $70. ORA captive bread, gold assessor trio, a dog-faced puffer for $50, one of my personal favorite things that I've ever gotten from the Divers Den at Live Aquaria, a Fuegian sailfin blenny for 60 bucks. an African flameback angelfish, a very, very, very gorgeous pygmy angel for $70, a teal spot blenny for thirty, a gold rhombolus wrasse for four hundred, a black comb tooth blenny for nineteen ninety nine. Ooh, my personal favorite large angel, a Caribbean queen angelfish juvenile, ninety bucks. Orange butterfly forty dollars, and the last fish we'll talk about for the marine section is a deep water. Candy basslet for $650. Now I'm going to go to the freshwater section of the Live Aquaria Diver's Den. So in here, there is a Paradise Half Moon Betta for $40. There's a Snowball LDA 33 Pleco for $50. There's a group of three Leopard Angels for $40. There are Candy King. HY511 Tetras, group of six of them. There are uh, a blue butterfly half moon betta for $30. There is a red spotted gold severum. He looks actually pretty nice. He's $40, and uh, if he's still there, I'm going to get him. There is uh, a large green phantom pleco. For $110, also a very nice fish. So those are some of the fish that are available at the Diver's Den at Live Aquaria. Simply go to liveaquaria.com and go to Diver's Den to see the fish, corals, and inverts available right now 
at the live aquaria at Divers Den. Now, if you order by 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, your order will ship the same day. So make sure that you place your order by 9 a.m. Central. So if you're in the Eastern time zone, then you want to order before 10 a.m. If you're in the Mountain time zone, you want to order um, – I don't. I really don't know the mountain time. I apologize, and I really don't know the Pacific time. I usually would know that, but it's just not coming to the top of my head. So I'm very, 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 very sorry about that. Anyway, now that I lost my train of thought, I think I'll uh, change topic. Oh yeah, here it is. I'd like to give you my tips for ordering fish online. Now, the first thing I would recommend before you do any ordering online is to make sure the place you want to order from is reputable. Make sure they have plenty of good reviews and make sure that they are using a well-known delivery system. Most places use FedEx and UPS, but sometimes there are places out there that will ship via the mail, USPS, and you don't want to buy fish from a company that does USPS because we all know the mail guy is unreliable. One day he'll come at uh, 10 in the morning and the next day he'll show up at 6 o'clock at night. So there is uh, no way to rely on the postal guy. So you want to make sure you're ordering fish from somebody that uses FedEx and UPS. You also um, want to make sure that they have the highest quality of fish possible and that they quarantine their fish. You can do that by asking questions. And uh, make sure you know what you're getting. If you're going to be ordering a common bread and butter fish, you can get that at your local fish store. Save yourself some money because shipping for live fish is anywhere from $30 to $50, depending on the online store. Those are my tips for ordering fish online. The places I'd recommend are Live Aquaria and Blue Zoo Aquatics for saltwater. For freshwater, now that the Live Aquaria have a diver's den for freshwater, I'd recommend the diver's den at Live Aquaria for freshwater. I'd also recommend TangledUpInCichlids.com. Jeff Raps is awesome. I'd recommend PetZoneSanDiego.com. They've got some of the nice uh, freshwater species there. And I'd also recommend Aquascape Online. Those are some of the best freshwater online fish stores that you guys can uh, check out. All right. Well, what a great way to start our very first Fish Room Live. I'm having fun on this show, and I can't believe we're 46 minutes into the show already. Really glad that I created the series. I hope you guys are enjoying the show with me as long as you guys uh, I hope you guys are enjoying your show as much as I am, I'll just say. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a quick intermission. That way I can gather my thoughts and get back on the right track. Because I'm seeming to go off the track tonight. Here's because I'm having a lot of fun. Coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to talk about scary, monstrous saltwater and freshwater fish. I'm going to talk about Blue Zoo Aquatic Spotlight and talk about the fish they have in their collector's corner. And I know it's Christmas season. I'll talk about getting fish for Christmas and getting them acclimated to your tank properly. Be right back. I'm live in my fish room right after this commercial. 
Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, Micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. Hey guys, this is Donovan. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to become a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African fishes. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together lowercase, and check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. Tropical fish keepers of both freshwater and saltwater, you are invited to be a part of Aquatic Wetlines Group exclusive to the fish keepers and listeners of Aquatic Wetlines. The name of the group is Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. On this group you can post pictures of your aquarium, your fish, and chat fish. There will be contests and more. So join right now. Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. Aka Alex and Aquatic Wetline proudly announced that this show will participate in the Aquarium Tuber Challenge. What the heck is the Aquarium Tuber Challenge? It's a big trend right now on YouTube where a fish keeper asks other fish keepers some questions and the viewers make videos answering the questions and then they nominate others to do the same thing. Aka Alex and Aquatic Wetline have decided that we will be the first tropical fish keeping podcast to do the same thing. I, Aqua Alex, will be asking you the fish keeping listeners some questions and all you have to do is call in live at 1-347-989-8142 to answer my questions live. Again that is 1-347-989-8142. Once you answer the question, you can nominate one of your fish keepers to call in and answer too. It all takes place live Wednesday, December 21st, 2016 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Mark your calendars and join Aquatic Wetline at 8 p.m. Eastern. Attention all Aquatic Wetline listeners, we invite you to check out Alex Cardinali's other podcast called Ace Network. Ace Network also airs right here on Blog Talk Radio. Ace Network features cooking shows in a fun style, WWE wrestling shows, music shows, lunch hour talk shows, and much more. There is something for everyone. This is a new show and it has a bright future ahead of it. 
please check out and listen to Ace Network today by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ace Network with Alex Cardinali. Thanks, says Alex Cardinali, the ace who runs this place. Ace Network is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast sites under Lunch with Alex Cardinali. Name check it out there too. Hey, yeah, uh, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. <laughs> Aqua Alex welcomes you to his fish room. Live, let's chat fish with Aqua Alex here on Aquatic Wetline. Alex, take it away. Tropical Fish Keepers, welcome back to Live from the Fish Room with Alex Cardinelli. And uh, we're having a great show. We're having a great first episode, and we're having a a very good debut. I would like to remind my fish keeping listeners once again, this series is going to be a weekly series starting Saturday, January 14th, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern. Anyway, before our commercial break, I discussed my fish from plants for 2017, I discussed freshwater versus saltwater, and uh, a lot more, and now we're going to continue this fun show, because in a few seconds here, I'm going to talk about Christmas fish, and I know a lot of fish keepers get fish for Christmas, so we'll talk about that, and then I'm going to talk about Blue Zoo Aquatics um, uh, Collector's Corner, and also we're going to have a lot more after that. But before we get right back into our show, I would like to remind anyone that is listening live, I am asking you to call in and answer two or three questions. The questions are, again, will you be getting anything fish-related for Christmas in a new fish or equipment? Where is your go-to place to get fish? And finally, what are your fish-keeping plans for 2017? Again, the questions are, will you be getting anything fish-related for Christmas in a new fish or equipment? Where is your go-to place to get fish? And what are your fish-keeping plans for 2017? Simply call in at 1-347-989-8142. Hopefully, we will get a um, caller tonight because I like hearing from all of our fish keepers. Let's get back into our discussion now. I know it's Christmas and holiday season, and I know people are out there buying gifts. And it just so happens that us fish keepers sometimes get fish for Christmas presents. So right now, I would like to acknowledge that and give you some of my best tips. So let's start with tips for Christmas fish shopping. Obviously, the first thing is that when you're going to go fish shopping, it should be the last trip 
on your agenda or on your plan. You don't want to go buy a fish and then go out to eat and then go more Christmas shopping because it is the winter. Temperatures are dropping. Your fish will freeze to death in the car while you're eating dinner and while you're Christmas shopping. So make sure you tell the wife and kids before you go home, you're going to make a stop at the uh, local fish store. That way you can get your fish and safely ride home right on time to acclimate the fish. Next, usually the fish store is very packed around this time of year because fish stores um, are going to offer a lot of sales on their livestock because they know that they're going to get you because they know you love the hobby and they love fish. So what they're going to do is they're going to knock down the prices of their livestock. They're going to post sales on Facebook and on social media, and that's going to drive people to come in. Now, for example, in my local area, there's a fish store that right now has 50% off the entire livestock area, and that ends on Christmas Eve. So you can imagine that store is going to be mobbed this weekend and this week until Friday or Saturday. So it's actually a very, very good business move. If I had a swing cut, it's the exact same thing I would do. So I'd get there as early as I can if there's a particular species that you are interested in. Another tip for Christmas fish shopping, make sure you do not have the employee put two fish in one bag. This will lead up ammonia and the fish will die. Either that or the fish will die from fighting. I've seen numerous times fish stores that put two or more fish in the bag to save a bag. I don't know why they did that. Maybe the bags are $20 a case. I don't know. Not really expensive if you want to do this, if you get what I'm saying. But people do that. Some, some employees do that because they don't know any better or because they're taught to do that. But make sure you, you tell them one fish per bag. Also, I want to point out the fact that you should be researching the fish before you get it. I understand the prices are going to be discounted, but you don't want to go in the store and buy something that is really hard and delicate to keep alive. I know those mandarin dragonettes are going to be anywhere from 15 to $30 when they're normally about 40 So they're not a beginner fish by any means of the imagination. They're one of the most difficult saltwater fish to keep alive. So... Make sure you research the fish that you are interested in. And, hell, you can even do it at the fish store. We have cell phones now. We have technology. All you got to do is type in the name of the fish and find out information on the particular fish. So those are basic uh, Christmas fish shopping tips. Again, I cannot stress that when you're going to go Christmas fish shopping, it has to be the last thing on your day because they will die after rushing a car for more than um, – a few hours because of the cold temperatures. Now, if the only option for you, because let's say, for example, you want to go out of town, you want to go out of state, and you want to check out that fish store, the only thing that I would say is see if the local fish store will provide you with heat packs in a styrofoam box or at least a styrofoam box because that will insulate the temperature and keep it well for about 24 hours because that's how fish are shipped. So make sure that you ask for heat, heat packs or insulated styrofoam box. Those are my tips for Christmas fish shopping. Now I'm going to talk about my tips for acclimating 
a new fish to your aquarium. Now, when it comes to acclimating fish, you have a variety of ways to do it. You have the floating bag method, you have the drip method, and you have the straight-out release method. So I'm going to explain each one. Now, the floating bag method is where you actually place the aquarium bag into your aquarium, and you let it float for an half an hour, and that's where you will um, get your fish used to the temperature of your aquarium. Then after 30 minutes, you're going to open the bag and add and uh, take out some of the fish store water and add a half cup of uh your aquarium water every five minutes for about for about another half hour, and then you can net out the fish and release them into your tank. That is the acclimation method that I use, and that is the one that I personally recommend to all fish keepers because I've never, ever, ever, ever had a problem with that acclimation method, so you definitely should try that one. I've also tried the drip acclimation, and that is re uh, reserved for the more delicate and sensitive fish like discus, speedos, or um, canes, triggers, and uh, saltwater fish. But basically the trip method is you take an airline tube and you um, uh, slowly drip some water into the bucket to let the fish acclimate. You could do that as well. Or simply you can just uh, net the fish and put it in the aquarium. A lot of people have done that. I am particularly not a fan of that, um, only because I think it adds a little bit more stress to the fish. I like to make sure that my water parameters are a very, very, very close match so that the fish is not stressed out and that the fish actually um, can adjust well to your aquarium. So the method of acclimation that I recommend for all the listeners out there is the floating bag method followed by the um, drip acclimation, if you know what I mean. All right. Now I'm going to go ahead and talk about monster saltwater and monster freshwater fish. Now, there are plenty of monster fish out there, and uh, I am actually a very big fan of the fish that grow big. Now, when I say monster fish, I'm talking about fish that are above 12 inches or so. So we'll start with freshwater. For monster fish in freshwater, you have the arowana, the paku, you have piranhas, you have uh, red-tailed catfish, iridescent sharks, oscars, um, giant karamis, clown knives, the list goes on and on. All these fish are considered monsters. But there are some pretty cool monster fish in the freshwater hobby. I mean, you've got fish like electric eels. Now, electric eels can deliver a very, very painful sting. I would never, ever would uh, want to cross paths with an electric eel. You also have electric catfish that can deliver a pretty painful shock. There's a fish called the lungfish that is able to breathe air through its gills. And I actually witnessed my father's lungfish back in the day eat and snap in half and there are some sharks. They're a very, very neat fish, and actually can walk on land. And uh, it's a very, very cool oddball fish. Paulae Petaurus bikers are a very cool monster fish. Now let's talk about the saltwater monsters. Groupers, one word, cleans land. 
the Queensland grouper is a huge, huge fish. It is really, really large. The bumblebee grouper is also pretty big, and it's actually a very, very cool monster fish. Um, and then there's the uh, groupers that are suitable for aquariums that are very nice, like the Minionatus grouper, the uh, V-tail grouper, the Panther grouper, and uh, the Cherry grouper. Those are all very nice groupers for the uh, fish-keeping and saltwater hobby. Then you have fish like triggers. You have the Odonis Niger trigger, the Picasso trigger. You've got the Clown trigger, a very, very well-known fish. Even uh, non-saltwater keepers know what a clown trigger is. You've got a blue line trigger, a fuscus trigger, which is absolutely beautiful, but it's absolutely aggressive. And um, you've got a pink tail trigger. You've got all these different kinds of triggers. Now, the interesting thing about triggers is their fins are very sharp. And when threatened, they erect their trigger fin. And if you touch that trigger fin, they're going to be bleeding because their trigger fin is very, very sharp. They use that in defense. So they'll use that if an eel is trying to eat them or if a predator is trying to get them. I absolutely love uh, trigger fish. Speaking of eels, more A eels are a fish that I adore. They're a very nice monster fish, and I have a lot of respect for more A eels. Now, more A eels are a very large animal. They pack a very big set of teeth. And their teeth clinch onto you, and they will hold on. They're very, very, very hard to pry off. You're going to need a lot of strength to help get a moray eel off of you if it bites. The moray eels that I like are green moray eel, tessellata moray eels, um, zebra mores, things like that. Moray eels are a very, very cool fish. Puffers are pretty cool in the saltwater hobby. Um, I'm trying to think of some other predatory fish that are um, unique to the saltwater hobby. Oh, lionfish. You cannot think of a saltwater predator and not think of lionfish. They're an absolutely stunning fish, but they're mean, and they pack plenty of venom. So that's going to be it for uh, scary freshwater and saltwater fish. Uh, maybe I'll have a better monster fish topic for our next episode of uh, Fish Room Live with Alice Cardinelli. Our final topic is going to be a look at the what you see is what you get fish in the collector's choice at Blue View Aquatics. And there is a blue belly half moon trigger that's four to five inches for $80 a blue-faced angel that is changing into its adult coloration, two to two and a half inches for $180. There is a four-tail blenny for 16 bucks, a gold bar wrasse for $90. There is a coran angelfish that is changing for $150. There is a Macassar's flasher wrasse for uh, 50 bucks. A punkachu butterfly fish for $31. A ruby red cardinal for $18. There is a yellow goldfish for $80. A Spanish hogfish, 4 inches for $60. And then there's a whipfin fairy wrasse for $50. Check out bluezooaquatics.com and go to the collector's choice 
and select fish. Well, this was a very fun show, and I want to thank you all for tuning in to the debut of Fish Room Live with Alex Cardinelli. I had a lot of fun with this show. There were a few errors on the show, but that's okay, because on your first one, there's always going to be a few errors. But I'm actually enjoying this series, and I cannot wait to broadcast every Saturday starting on January 14th, 2017. Merry Christmas to all the fish keepers. I hope you have a happy holiday, and uh, you get some nice fish for Christmas. Now, Aquatic Wetline is going to enjoy the Christmas week off. The only show we're going to do during Christmas week is the Aquarium Tuber Challenge on Wednesday, December 21st. Now, our next biggest show in 2016, on December 28th, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Aquatic Wetline has its 2016 season finale with special fishkeeping guest, Fish Chat, and more. So December 28th, 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have a 2016 finale. More information on that this Wednesday. And on December 30th, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have a news for Aquatic Wetline in 2017 show. Now, the next live from the fish room is going to be airing January 14th, 2017, at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it will air every Saturday after that. Now, here is what's planned for the second episode of Live from the Fish Room with Alice Cardinelli. I'm going to talk about the most venomous fish in freshwater and saltwater. I'm going to talk about fish that don't belong in the aquarium hobby. I'm going to talk about what to do during a winter storm outbreak to prevent losses. I'll talk about my biggest, biggest tragic loss during the winter in the aquarium hobby. I'm also going to talk about what to do to reinvent the aquarium hobby for yourself if you are losing interest. And then finally, I'll talk about things that piss me off in the aquarium hobby on the next episode of Live from Fish From, Episode 2, January 14, 2017. With that being said, fish keepers, Thank you for tuning into the Aquatic Wetline. It's fish keepers like you that make the Aquatic Wetline a success. Please enjoy the Tropical Fish Hobby. Check out my YouTube channel, AC Tropical Fish 1993. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Aqua Alex is out of here. Good night, everyone. Tropical fish keepers of both freshwater and saltwater, you are invited to be a part of Aquatic Wetlines group exclusive to the fish keepers and listeners of Aquatic Wetline. The name of the group is Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. On this group you can post pictures of your aquarium, your fish, and chat fish. There will be contests and more. So join right now. Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. Aqua Alex and Aquatic Wetline proudly announced that this show will participate in the Aquarium Tuber Challenge. What the heck is the Aquarium Tuber Challenge? 
It's a big trend right now on YouTube where a fish keeper asks other fish keepers some questions and the viewers make videos answering the questions and then they nominate others to do the same thing. Agra Alex and Aquatic Wetline have decided that we will be the first tropical fish keeping podcast to do the same thing. I, Aqua Alex, will be asking you the fish keeping listeners some questions and all you have to do is call in live at 1-347-989-8142 to answer my questions live. Again that is 1-347-989-8142. Once you answer the question, you can nominate one of your fish keepers to call in and answer too. It all takes place live Wednesday, December 21st. 2016 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Mark your calendars and join Aquatic Wetline at 8 p.m. Eastern. Attention all Aquatic Wetline listeners, we invite you to check out Alex Cardinali's other podcast called Ace Network. Ace Network also airs right here on Blog Talk Radio. Ace Network features cooking shows in a fun style, WWE wrestling shows, music shows, lunch hour talk shows, and much more. There is something for everyone. This is a new show and it has a bright future ahead of it. Please check out and listen to Ace Network today by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ace Network with Alex Cardinali thanks said Alex Cardinali the ace who runs this place. Ace Network is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast sites under Lunch with Alex Cardinali name check it out there too. This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night. <laughs>